0: Ira Joy, and welcome to On Courage, a podcast that explores a fundamental virtue for each one of us, no matter our backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives. After a career setback, I wrestled deeply with self-doubt and fear. Eventually, realizing that in order to rebuild my confidence, I had to start by rediscovering my courage. I've been reading books and listening to experts, but I figured I needed to be surrounding myself with courageous people too. And that's why I'm here with you as you listen today, hopefully on board my mission to learn from creative people who have harnessed the power of courage to find success in their careers and fulfilment in their lives. This is a podcast on courage. For all those who, like me, long to grow a little more courageous each and every day. Hi, and welcome to the very first interview episode of the On Courage podcast. I'm excited to share this conversation I had with Ezra May Aringe, who's not only the editor and producer of this show, but also my younger sister, It was a pleasure chatting with her, as it always is, and to learn more about her creative journey and aspirations. She provides a lot of unique insights and perspectives on what courage means to her, how we learn to harness it and develop a positive mindset to overcome our challenges. And we wrap up the episode in true Ezra May fashion, you'll find out why, (laughs) with a fun movie recommendation. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. And happy listening. Ezra May, welcome to On Courage. <laughs> Hi, Ira. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for taking the time to, to join me in this first episode of uh, my new podcast project. Um, I know so much about you already, as, as people will gather that you are my sister and the editor and producer of this very podcast. But I'd like to start by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself. And just give us a bit of background about who you are and what you do.
1: Thank you. Hi, my name is Ezra May, and I'm 29 years old. I am a creative at heart. Um, I'm currently working full time, not in my creative field, uh, but um, yes, a choice that I'm sure we'll explore further on in this podcast. Um, and I love entertainment. I think that's been my whole life just loving any kind of form of entertainment whether it's live, uh, film, theatre, music, anything and everything and I want to work in that space for the rest of my life pretty
0: much. You know you mentioned there that your current full-time job isn't related to your actual creative dreams but can you give us a bit of an idea of why you chose that path for this specific season in your life?
1: I kind of fell into it so I basically work for the Victorian government um, and I have been for like the past decade of my life because I had started working part-time for uh, my local library so it kind of just went on from there so the job portal that you have when you're working at a library um, it just leads you to other things that are part of that same sector so I guess it's, it's just your typical you know desk job administrative kind of roles that you can find Um, and so ever since I started like working at the library and the opportunities I've got have just stemmed on from that I haven't kind of ventured out and I I never went into um, hospitality or retail I've just kind of stayed in that sector um, hoping that the jobs would become more creative but they kind of haven't they kind of just sort of stay in office and and kind of you're just um everyday 9 to 5 work.
0: Of course it does provide you that stability to then um do all of your other creative projects outside of that mm-hmm. of that job. So um tell us more about uh that side of things because you know I I'm of the belief that we're not solely defined by the paid work that we do. We are so much more. We are rich and, and beautiful, complex humans. So, who's Ezra May outside of that nine to five government job? <laughs> so,
1: I think it's funny because I've always worked in government related jobs. I never um, wanted them to become creative because I felt like that would hinder my creativity on the side. So, um, when it, you know, the minute I go home or when I have my weekends, I'm always creating. I'm either singing or writing or acting or dancing or one of those things um, in my own time and sort of doing it on my own terms and kind of um, absorbing what I love entertainment wise Um, because I had volunteered for creative things Um, you know I've worked on some projects and I've just realized I kind of like being in control of what I'm creating rather than um, helping someone else's vision come true or um, being part of a team where the original creation isn't like from my brain and I haven't really loved it. So I'd rather go to a, a job that's almost mindless in a way where I can kind of just do the thing, it's routine, um, and then daydream like in, in all my other spare time. Um, so, yeah.
0: I completely agree with that because I was the same, uh, even though I was in the um, creative industry, in my full-time, you know, previous full-time experience. But you don't get to really um, follow through your own visions because you are working for a company that has their own creative vision. So even if you're surrounded by, you know, the creative, um, you know, ideas, they're not your own. <laughs> so I completely yes, exactly. a- understand that. So in terms of your your own, um, your goals and aspirations, what what kind of creative things do you like to double in and what are you working on at the moment?
1: What am I working on? Oh, gosh, I feel like I am doing way too many things at once and I don't have a sole focus at the moment. Uh, for a while I was writing um, reviews for theatre shows, I was helping my friend. She, had, she ran this theatre blog and I was going to see shows and then I was writing. Um, I was having some interviews for some of them with the uh, cast members, or performers, and then other times I would just write a review, like my opinions on the show. But I, I guess I didn't really stick with that um, because, I don't know, I just felt like I couldn't enjoy stuff for what it was. I had to be analytical and I had to um, really do a lot of research and it made it less fun for me. So, um, I guess I don't write as much, but I do like to verbally express my opinions on shows and movies and things like that. So, I have a YouTube channel um, where I was doing that quite a bit. Um, but my YouTube channel's kind of gone a bit all over the place because I, again, overwhelmed by choice. I was, you know, dabbling into um, the beauty world for a little bit. I was, yeah, doing movie reviews, I was doing like album reactions and things like that. So I, I guess I really haven't found my groove. Um, it's still entertainment related, but in terms of like what I dabble in, I think it's a little bit of everything. Like I've, I've tried to write a song. I've tried to record a song. I've tried to compose something on an instrument. Um, I like to teach myself dances. Um, yeah, so I guess it's a little bit of everything.
0: I always say that, you know, when you're a creative person, you are multifaceted. There's just no go, going around that, that you, you rarely do you come across a creative person that has one specific interest. Like there's always something else, you know, you know, that they're doing on the side, like a dancer always, you know, has some other full outlet of, you know, artistry, whether they paint or draw or cook or whatever it is so I guess that's I think I would say that's very relatable to any creatives listening today Um, but if we think back to your childhood and your adolescence can you recall any significant moments um, or experiences that ignited your passion for creativity and for entertainment yeah so I think growing up I just uh, lucky enough to
1: grow up in a very musical household I think the TV was always on. There was always music playing. Um, and, of course, uh, growing up with you and watching you sing and dance and, and play dress up, That I guess that was maybe the earliest indicator that I loved performing or dressing up or, um, yeah, imagining that I'm, like, a star and things like that. Um, and maybe it's part of the Filipino culture as well, just sort of singing all the time and being around people who are singing. And, and um, at a young age, I was, um, I was. well, mum put me in calisthenics. So we had um, like sort of end of year concerts and little performances here and there. And just being on stage, looking out at people um, and making mistakes and making people laugh. I guess I really enjoyed that. Um, and so, yeah, even at home, I would put on little shows in the lounge room and just be comedic and play dress up. Um, there's no... I wouldn't say there's like a significant moment, but I guess the first time I ever saw a musical was like, I just wanted to be there. I remember sitting in the middle of the aisle and just like watching and being fascinated for those two hours and just being like, oh, I, just, I love everything about this. I love this sort of heightened version of reality. Um, and yeah, every, every, my so there's like the first theatre show, there was the first concert I went to, the first like acoustic gig. There was always a first something that I attended where I'm like, yes, that's where I want to be or that's all I want to do is watch this and be a part of this thing.
0: And and did you, from those experiences, what then, you know, influenced your decisions to kind of um, try a different approach and pursue more stability in government roles as opposed to, you know, pursuing your uh, love for performing?
1: I don't think I ever thought of it in terms of a career as if I'm going to pursue that life, I'm going to become a stage performer. I just for me because it's so embedded in my um my upbringing I just thought like well I'm obviously going to sing for the rest of my life I'm never going to stop doing that like that's gonna whether I turn out to be an ice skater or whatever it is I'm going to be singing as well (laughs) um and I think it just when I started sort of school high school and having all those different subjects and some performers they it becomes like their one track mind like they think I've got to go to stage school. I've got to get the singing lessons. I've got to do all that stuff in order to pursue this thing. But for me, I just wanted to learn everything. So I, I wanted to mm. do my best in every sim- single subject and, and try to absorb as much as I can. And, yes, I had piano lessons on the side and I was, like, teaching myself guitar and things like that. But it was never like I was going to abandon everything else just so I could do performing, if that makes mm. sense. Mm. Um, so me sort of ending up working full time in a – in an admin office it wasn't um because I had like given up on performing it's like I still perform it was just more I'd gone to school I'd gone a degree and that was like the job that was going to be stable and um you know I could make money but at the same time you know get the holidays off and have the weekends off mm. and that's when I can do my performing and my singing um so yeah it was interesting because I did have friends that like dropped out early and went to theater school but it was never on my mind to do that even I like. I yeah. still felt like I could still perform, even if I didn't do it that way. It's it's strange. Yeah,
0: that's such a unique perspective. And actually, I haven't heard you say it sort of in that in that in that way. And I think it's really re- refreshing because it it feels to me that your love for entertainment and performance and creativity is just it's it's in your blood that it's not attached to those markers of. Um, what success looks like as a working performer. So I think that's actually quite a beautiful way to think about it because you just said it before, and I'm sure that's going to be a soundbite, but you said that I'm going to sing for the rest of my life. And, and I love that because often people with that, that dream, when they do face rejection, um, trying to pursue a career as a singer, um, it, they become so discouraged that they give up on it. Whereas for you, it, it seems like you're setting up your life where there's no chance of you giving up on it because it's it's a part of you. And I, I just think that's really special. So thanks for sharing that with me. <laughs> um, we, we live in a culture that, you know, as I alluded to just then, um, that really values success, you know, conventional, societal, you know, A way that, you know, everyone sees it, you know, whether you're on TV or you're making a certain amount of money or you have some notoriety. Um, But we rarely discuss the the, uh, processes that lead to success. We rarely discuss the failure that's inevitable on the road to success. So I want to know what's your experience with failure and can you shed some light on the challenges you've faced to get to the place that you are today? I didn't take a gap year.
1: Not that that was a failure, but because I just kept going and going and going, I didn't really have time to think about what I really wanted. I just kind of went for like the first thing I could grab. And I think it's because there was just there was an overwhelming amount of choices out there like in terms of going to uni. Um so obviously I didn't like go for the theater route. Um and I so I, I kind of focused Oh, something I actually meant to say before was that my high school wasn't particularly an art school. So I think that definitely had an influence on me not pursuing art outside of that. Um, but we had a little bit of a music, um, a music, I guess, um, section of the school that was sort of doing OK. So I pursued piano. But the piano grades unfortunately because music is not like it's like a lower priority subject it all scaled down so even though I felt like I did really really well my VCE um, piano it scaled down and I definitely felt like a failure like the score I got was not high enough to get into the uni that I wanted or the course that I wanted to get into and I just thought well if that's like my best instrument and I can't even get that then forget about it so I kind of did a detour and I did media which is exactly what you did um because I just felt like oh well it's it's the score I got and I can get into that um so it was a failure in a way I did have hope at that time um but then I kind of like justified it you know the school was too far away the grades are scaled down that's not my fault you know um but yeah when I look back on it I
0: definitely was upset at the time. Do you you remember how you actually kind of dealt with those feelings and and the action the steps you took to continue forward
1: yeah well I was lucky enough to have a music teacher who was very supportive like we did try a few things we we wrote a couple of letters and we tried to fight for a spot but ultimately it didn't work out and I think I just I mean I was upset but then I I think I just talked myself out of it it was just kind of that you know you write yourself a narrative oh it's not meant to be whatever like I didn't want to play classical piano anyway. Like I'm going to go do my pop piano pieces again. And yeah, media can open up more doors. And I was interested in that as well. And I I guess maybe that was the pro of being interested in a lot of things at once. Like I, some some people like only have the one choice and some people are plagued by choice. So I think I am Mm. the latter. Um, Mm. Yeah, I, I think I just really talked myself out of it. And now that I look back at it, maybe I did give up a little bit. But I wouldn't, Mm. I didn't want to tell myself that at the time. Yeah.
0: I I, I guess from my perspective, if I may, is that I I don't necessarily see you giving it it up because I know that it didn't stop you from playing piano. (laughs) If anything, if anything, it it further gave you drive just to keep pursuing that as a passion on the side. I mean, I remember going with you um, to Alan's music browsing through the sheet music section to buy scores of musical theater you know musical theater shows so it never stopped you never you, your passion for piano and and music never wavered it was more perhaps just letting go of the fact that you didn't get into that specific music degree right <laughs> um which you know i think it 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 all worked out as it was meant to be because you even told me i think recently that you just don't see yourself you know, being a musician in, you know, a classical musician or, you know, playing for an orchestra, like that's just not, is not you, right? (laughs) No,
1: no. Yeah. I don't see it now, but I think if I had gone to that school and I went through all of that, I would have like pushed Mm. myself to make sure I ended up in an orchestra or something.
0: So what do you think it is that um, is your greatest motivator to pursue certain creative goals? Is it when things just kind of work out or you kind of tend to follow your feeling at the time?
1: My greatest motivator for pursuing creative goal and ambition. At first, I thought it was um, like making my family proud, which is like a typical thing. I think that, you know, we all, especially like growing up really close to my family, I just wanted to do something that would make me happy, but will also make my family happy and provide in the sense of like, you know, that feeling of typical success, how it looks, also financial success, you know, something that, I enjoy that also makes money. But the more I thought about it, I don't actually think that's it. I think my greatest motivator for pursuing like something like a goal, like a creative goal that I want to pursue is um, really just uh, sharing my opinion. Or no, sharing my love for something and getting someone else to feel that same love that I have mm. for it. Um, and so I guess in a, way, in a blanket way, it is sort of human connection, finding my tribe but it really is just if i could just give one other person that feeling that like this song gave me or this movie gave me and like by talking passionately about it that's all i want like i i live for just the one comment that was like oh i checked out this movie and it changed my life so i i really think it's that i just want to share the same feeling that something gives someone yeah, something gives me with someone else yeah. so i think that is my motivator because if i can change someone's life by recommending a movie, <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Yes, if, if anyone listening needs movie recommendations or sh- show recommendations, you know who to contact, Ezra's your girl. Um, but I love that. I think that that in many ways is just it's it's an example of what it means to share joy and multiply joy, which, you know, I think perfectly exemplifies who you are because you bring light into every room that you, you enter um, and you've got that, you know, fervor and that that vibrancy and spirit. So I love that. So yeah, so you you are doing that. So you said um, you know, with your other creative projects, YouTube was one of those that um is that how you um channel a lot of that um desire to share and to engage with others about the stuff that you love?
1: Yes. At the moment it is, yep, yeah, sort of the main thing that where the main platform where I feel like I can do that. Um, apart from just doing it in everyday life talking to people um yeah at the um i've tried a lot of different things but youtube is definitely the the one that always stays in the back of my mind where i'm like how can i you know create more of the content than i want to create um like i'm on a pause at the moment because i feel like for a while i was giving into trends and you know trying to figure out what what's a popular video and how can i mold my videos to kind of be like that so that people would search it but i'm really just re-strategizing um and going back to the start because I think when I first started my YouTube I was really just you know talk about whatever I want like I don't care what's trending what's not but then um because a lot of those videos got like 10 views like it not that I like really cared about that but then I realized like it is important if no one's watching it then it's not going to be found Mm. um then I sort of gave in a little bit but now I'm going back to my roots because I think my unique videos are the ones that I enjoy making the most because I know they're they're just really out there and like probably no one has done them yet. Um, But Mm. they're the ones that I feel like the most comfortable filming. I just get excited about talking about this, some obscure thing from the fifties or whatever Um, (laughs) where I feel like I can just find at least one person who will understand what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. I think that's a lot of, um, I think a lot of creators struggle with that, that, that balance because I do know how easy it is to be, get sucked into the, the trends and feeling like, you know, you will only um, gain traction with an audience if you give them what they want. And there is a bit of that, you know, you have to meet a demand. But at the same time, from that, you know, personal point of view, you do have to enjoy <laughs> the videos you're, you're creating, right? So I guess it, it, takes, it does take courage to be able to, to beat your own drum and kind of move away you know I mean we've talked about other, other creators that are still creating the same content for you know how many years in a row they're still the same thing not any look if they're enjoying it there's no problem but I think for you it, it, it's it's um it's more than that it's more than just getting about getting views it's really making true connections yeah
1: yeah and I think that's part of why I you know settled for a full-time job that was completely opposite to any sort of creativity because I didn't want the money to sort of affect the content mm. that I'm creating. Yeah. I didn't want it to be part of that. I not like one view equals one dollar. I didn't want to think that way. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that just stresses me out. And then I wouldn't I'd just give up anyway. Like kind yes. of film.
0: Pivoting a little bit, um I guess I want to know from you if you think back at your, you know, experiences in, you know, in employment, in your education or, you know, in your other um things. What is something that you're most proud of about yourself or that you've done in your life that typically wouldn't make make it on a resume? And as I said, it goes back to this idea of, you know, seeing or not seeing success in that sort of conventional lens but more so on a personal, you know, um, personal point of view. What's your source of pride about the person you've become and what you've achieved that, you know, doesn't need to you know appear anywhere online or or be used as a kind of way to pitch who you are (laughs)
1: um I think I'm I think I'm proud of my ability to um to self-learn I think um I've been in because I've chosen the most random jobs on the planet like I kind of just (laughs) things just I just fall into jobs um, I do improvise a lot sometimes. Like I've been in rooms where I have no idea what anyone's talking about, and I've just been able to adapt. And um, I think I think that with practice you get better at it. But um, yeah, I definitely am um, proud of my ability to you know stand in a room where I'm completely like unlike anyone there um, in terms of expertise or knowledge, and just to be able to blend in and just like to pick up cues and to observe and then. And then like do all my own research later and be able to sort of come back the next day and have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. So I guess, yeah, research skills that I've, you know, maybe gained through like my high school studies, my uni, because I I did a theory-based degree, which of course is helpful. Um, But um, I'm, yeah, I think I'm happy with my ability to adapt to any kind of situation. And I'm also, um, I like to think of, like, I have my moments, but I like to think that I'm a pretty optimistic person. And I generally have a positive outlook on things, like um, under pressure, like even if things get really hard, I just try to be positive. Or even if I'm like not positive, I am good at sort of um, helping other people be positive, like hyping someone else. Like if my colleague is stressing out and like giving them pep talks on the spot, Mm -hmm. Um, again, it could just like come naturally or it could be something I've learned over time with improv. So I guess in terms of acting, I'm using some acting <laughs> skills there because yeah. just sort of improvising and like making the situation yeah. seem like better than it actually is. Um, see, so yeah, yes. as I was thinking about that the other day, like at work last week, it was like really tough times when I was just like, No, we got this, like we just have to do this, this is like mm. I act really practical even if I don't like necessarily know how to find a solution.
0: Mm. I act like,
1: you know, I can work it out. So yeah, I guess adapting and observing. And just kind of being okay with whatever it is. Yeah.
0: it's it's you, you display a lot of, I think, mental strength with that. You know, you're able to shift your mind according to the situation, which I just think is, you know, well, you inspire me on that front. Um, so what do you think then are some, I mean, probably touched on a few already, but what are other specific and practical lessons that you've learned that enable you to take real action on your goals? Because we see a lot of, you know, um, inspiration out there about um, success and achieving your dreams and going for it. But I want to get down to the more specifics. Like what are some tangible things um, you have done and you've, you've learned to do that actually help you, you know, um, move towards the life that you want?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the big ones that I've been learning a lot, especially this year, is having this internal um, shut-off button. Um, So when you're getting too deep into something, like, okay, the most obvious one is sort of scrolling through social media for hours. Just having that moment where you're like, stop, just turn it off. Turn off the technology, stop listening to other people's opinions, sit with yourself in silence for just one minute and... And sort of training yourself to do that because we get so caught up in the most trivial things and I think too much of anything is bad like it's like watching too many shows in a row or you know eating too much food at once having that internal button that's like nope just turn it off now because you don't need to hear any more of that you don't need to clutter your mind even more um and so yeah that naturally leads into yeah decluttering and reorganizing re um I like I, I still like the physical journal um, method um, actually writing down on a piece of paper and it's funny I've bought so many journals over the years but I actually just like getting a scrap piece of paper and folding it into four and then like writing a list on it it feels really like tangible and like um, intentional when you've got the pen in your hand um, so yeah if, if you can have this like internal button of shutting off every once in a while to the outside world and then kind of listen to your own thoughts. Um, yeah. That's something that I've been trying to do lately. It's hard, but mm. I think it. well, I personally, I like to pray. And so prayer is just this form of, you know, I mean, speaking to yourself in a kind way and um, giving yourself some time to breathe when you, you're feeling those emotions. I think you have to tell somebody, you have to like yeah. talk about it. You have to express it. Otherwise it just, it lives on inside your head and it goes in a circle and mm. then you bottle it all up. Um, maybe I think honesty is the best because no one will can actually help you unless you tell them. So, yeah. so maybe when you're feeling it, you should just say it. You say, sorry, I feel anxious about this. Can, can I have some time to think about it, to process it, and then maybe remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Because I think being direct is just the best thing to do. That's good. Yeah, people Mm. might think it's weird. They might think it's awkward or something, but Mm. you've told them exactly how you're feeling. So it's it's about, yeah, I guess removing the shame first of all and then just vocalising what it is. Yes. Because I personally would rather like people be direct with me than to sort of pretend Mm. things in front of me and then like act a certain way afterwards.
0: Yeah. That's, yes, I I think that's so insightful and you know, challenging though, because it does take courage to be honest, to be vulnerable, to, to articulate how you're feeling in that moment because, our, you know, the default I know for me is we, um, we try to mask how we really feel because we worry about what other people think and how they're perceiving us um, in, in, in moments where we feel so weak. Right, where we feel so inferior. So yeah, that's that is a big one. But I think if you can learn to tap into that, that's the best start. Being honest with how you feel. And I guess, you know, I asked that question to you because I've been lucky that um I have a I suppose a, a strategy or like, you know, I've got um something that backs me up in those moments and that's you. <laughs> so I think um I'm I'm lucky in that regard because, you know, i I can draw upon your courage, and I think this idea of collective courage is something that I've been thinking about as well in that we should be surrounding ourselves with people who have traits and attributes and skills that we might not inherently possess. I think that's important as well that you know if we um, we want to um, start to feel comfortable in situations we're normally afraid of that. We need to, you know, be meeting people. We need to be opening up to people who um, can help us build the courage, you know, that kind of um, birds of a feather flock together kind of mentality that you draw upon each other's strengths. So- you're right.
1: And I, I think maybe my um, talking about honesty just before would help because I guess if you're in a group of people and you actually like flat out say, I'm anxious about this or I don't know how to handle this. This is, you know, I feel very pressured by this. Then you have all these other people coming in ready to help, and they they wouldn't do that if you hadn't like
0: vocalized how you were feeling.
1: Yeah, I think collective courage is is definitely um, something that we need to tap into.
0: Yeah, learning to be honest is a form of um, harnessing courage as well, because it's it's something that we don't do by or most people don't do by default i mean there are personalities i've met people who are very what you see is what you get <laughs> but most of us are very conscious about how we're perceived by the outer world that we we tend to adjust our answers or tweak you know our responses to people because we don't want to be seen as you know, whether it's dumb or like, you know, um, anxious. So we tend to just put up a facade. Um, but, yeah, I hear that all the time that the best, even in in um, the employment um, uh, environment, so whether you're applying for a job or you're new to a job, that if you don't know the answer, just say so, right? <laughs> just say that, put your hand up, I don't know you know, I, I, something that I, you know, I, would like to learn about, but at this point, I can't give you an answer because, you know, going the other way and trying to fabricate something that you have no knowledge about actually probably makes it worse, <laughs> worse for yes, you. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Have you ever been in situations where, um, you felt that you could have been more honest and it would have worked out better for you? <laughs>
1: yes, maybe. Yes. Um, I'm sure a couple of times here and there at work, I certainly didn't have to pretend so much, but I think it just comes with time and practice because I definitely had a point now in like this particular job that I have where I just tell them that I don't know and yeah. then they, they move along to someone else. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on the situation, but you can definitely get better at it.
0: Yeah. So another big question for you, and I guess, you know, we've again covered some of this <laughs> in what we've talked about already, but how do you define courage and um, what does courage look like specifically to you?
1: Well, I think courage is really just that act of going for something against all odds, just just simply just going for it and not um, maybe sometimes you're unprepared, but like you go for it anyway. and I think that's like it's courage. Um, and I also thought about um, courage being, uh different to the individual um than to like the people perceiving it I think courage sometimes looks very shocking for other people like when you go and do Mm -hmm. something that no one expected you to do and they're like oh my gosh she did that um but then in that pursuit of the thing to you like taking that leap is not shocking to you because you want that Mm -hmm. thing like whatever you're searching for you want it anyway so it was playing on my mind that it's like courage can be really clear to you and really unclear and unfathomable to someone else. Mm. Um, And that's what's so interesting about it. If they're like, wow, I cannot believe she would actually do that. But for me, it's like, well, of course I want to do it because I want that thing. Um, I actually thought about it um, when things, naturally me, I'm thinking about merchandise. I was thinking (laughs) when like a new pair of, you know, Nike shoes drop and then there's all those people lining up from 3 a.m to me it's like oh that's insane like who would line up that early for a shoe but they're like you know they had the guts to wake up early and line up for that thing because they really want it so it's kind of that thinking of yeah courage to you looks different than courage to someone else um, but it really is just that simple act of um, yeah going for something and not caring what the obstacles are or or even not thinking about what are the steps to get there it's just it's just going for it pretty much.
0: Like what the um, Nike slogan is, just do it, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: Total coincidence. <laughs> um, courage, I feel, um, can be something that you don't see in yourself, but that you actually mm. have it. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it kind of can't always be defined. Like you can't like, oh, that person jumping from this job to that job was such an act of courage, but they themselves didn't think so when they did it. They just thought, well, I have no other way to go. I want to just pursue this whole different life from what other people know me as. Yes. So,
0: yeah. Oh, that, that's that's uh, again a wonderful insight, and I think um, really relevant to uh, where I want to take this podcast as well, because we often see courage through the lens of these, you know, massive, big, impactful acts. You know, or whether it's you know someone choosing to climb a mountain or like you know adventure sail around the world that kind of thing, when courage actually happens every day in you know smaller smaller scales and we don't always see it, but it's happening. And I think all of us are capable of tapping into it. And you you know just reminded me of you know. Um, uh, how i see courage in in you as well because sometimes you know you'd be um i don't know crafting a tweet or you know making an instagram post or something and we will be you know in the room together and you'll just without a thought put it out there and i'll suddenly go you, you posted that, <laughs> whether it's, it's your opinion or your, um, review of, you know, something we've watched or something and you're, you engage a lot, um, online and that's so brave to me because I'm a, an overthinker and I worry so much about what people, um, will, you know, will say if I dare to give an opinion out there. So I admire you for it because, there's this kind of, you know, um, freedom that you have to just share what you think without worrying about the uh, reaction.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's also the perfect analogy as well to what I was saying is that or what I was trying to say is that it didn't seem like a courageous thing. It was just more like I have to share this opinion or it's just going to explode inside of me. So I have to share this tweet. I don't care how many people see it. Um, But for you as somebody who wouldn't, you know, you're very organized and you do edit your things before you publish them, (laughs) which is also very good. Um, Yeah. You wouldn't just like post it straight away without having a second thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think, you know, I guess there's, you know, pros and cons of kind of both um, approaches to things and it's a personality thing as well. But I think I can learn a a lot from that because you've said it a few times today that, you know, when you want something enough, you will, you know, overcome every obstacle to 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 get it, and I think that that's a a great um, mindset to have with regards to success. Because if you think about what it is that you um, you just simply must, you cannot live without, or something that you desire so much, then then that courage is already in you to attain that thing. You just have to kind of follow follow the call, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so um, another last sort of big question for you. What do you believe pairs well with courage? So I like to think of it, you know me, I love my sort of um, metaphors and analogies and all that, Um, but if courage is kind of your main course, what would complement it best? So, you know, whether it's a a side dish or um, a glass of wine or something, what other virtue, or trait, habit, skill, or a mindset do you believe best complements courage? Is best served with your plate of courage?
1: Oh gosh, can I have a few? Yes, <laughs> A few side let's,
0: ingredients. Let's have a lot. Of, let's have a few side uh, side um, side dishes, and and beverages to go along with it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think number one for me is a positive mindset uh, because courage actually. It comes when um, you're faced with scary things. I think it's scary to have courage or to take a leap because it's something that's potentially difficult and it's something that might not work. And it's you can have like a big fear of, you know, taking, like making the jump. So if you have a positive mindset, I feel that like before you take that leap, even if you fall, even if you don't make it, but you have a positive thing, you're like, okay, well, at least I tried. Mm -hmm. you you have you kind of have to hype yourself up positively before you do the thing so I would say positivity is definitely like a big side dish (laughs) um and then um something else I think as well is um just joy and like um well I was saying joy but then a lot of love as well I think you have to just really love that thing you're going for because even if you say fall off the cliff You'll just like start making more steps to like get back to it again because you because you still want the thing you you're not gonna jump off the cliff and then turn back and and never reach for it again you're gonna go for it because it's something that you really want and it's gonna make you happy um, so yeah sprinkle a little bit of joy in there <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah I think just um, a lot of, uh, res- of resilience along the way like just to have the strength to to keep. Um, getting back up when you fall Mm. so they kind of I guess all blend in together hopefully that's a nice little dish there
0: yeah no that sounds like a a very fulfilling meal all in all so thank you is there anything as we wrap up now our conversation? It's been a great um, almost hour chatting with you. Um, but is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners um, with regards to sort of the themes that we've we've discussed today?
1: Yes, actually, I was thinking about a movie that I could recommend.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and this
1: podcast, and I realized there's actually not a whole. I mean, there's a lot of movies out there um, that are about courage, but nothing too explicit because. Courage is this massive thing that actually, as we've discovered, you know, has so many definitions and means something just different to everybody. So like when you Google courage movies, the ones that come up are, I mean, there are some typical ones like sports movies and things like that, but one really stood out to me. And so I'm going to recommend it. And that was um, Finding Nemo. And I haven't watched it in a long time. But as I was like reading up about it, I was getting emotional because that came out over 20 years ago now, which is insanity. <laughs> but yeah, Finding Nemo is obviously the animated Disney Pixar movie where um, a father and son, a clownfish, mind you, <laughs> um, <laughs> father, it's about like a close bond between a father and son clownfish and the son gets kidnapped and the father must find him. And that's the whole movie, Finding Nemo. Um, And so Marlon, the father, he kind of has to go through the whole Great Barrier Reef to find his son. And he meets so many strangers. He asks for help along the way. He encounters all of this danger. But his sole focus is to find his son. And the whole movie is actually about how much courage he has to embark on that journey when he's just been in his little shell, like his little... Um, section of the ocean his whole life and to sort of venture out there and being like such a tiny fish and you know being like facing death almost trying to get to his son is just so courageous and and for him again it's not that he was out here trying to be a hero he was just trying to find his son and so I think we can parallel that to all of our life's goals like that to never lose focus of what it is um to face any obstacles along the way to ask for help he had a companion with him, Dory, who um, she was that other forgetful mm. fish who maybe is a metaphor for like, you know, letting things go. Just, you know, having, you know, being stuck in your self-doubt and like rejection, just letting it go. Forget about it. Just continue along with the journey. Just keep swimming. Um, and I just thought that's like, that's my courage movie right now. So I'm going to recommend it.
0: That is awesome. Okay, we're going to have to schedule a, a movie night to watch that again because, yeah, I think that beautifully encapsula- encapsulates what we've discussed, and I didn't even wouldn't have even thought of it. And yeah. I think, um, you know, as you you know went through that the synopsis just then, just yes, um, Nemo's father had that sole focus, and the motivation was love. The motivation was love for his son and I just think that's so beautiful because if we approach our life with that mode of doing things because we're motivated by our love for the thing or for how we can serve others through through that thing, that gift that we've been given to serve the world, to serve our community or industry or whatever, if we're motivated by, by that every obstacle can be overcome. So, oh, gosh, I love that. All right, we're going to have to get you back on to do more, <laughs> more sure. um, movie kind of, you know, reviews and, and analysis um, because, yeah, that's a great story. So really thank you for sharing that, Ezzie. Um, you So before we, we wrap up, I just want to take this moment to um, give my gratitude to you, to acknowledge you as someone who is uh wonderful example of courage in my life and you have always been since the day I met you when you were born (laughs) um you know I prayed for a a little sister and God blessed me with one and I'm so grateful um you have been a rock for me uh you have instilled in me this this sense of um you know courage that I don't naturally have but as I spoke about before that collective courage um is important because um you have to be surrounded by people that can bring out the best in you, that can give you strength in moments that um, you don't have it, you know. And I, I think um, we're so blessed that we have each other to complement one another's weaknesses and strengths. So thank you for giving me the courage to keep creating, to, to do this podcast. Um, I know that I wouldn't be able to um, launch this project without you um, and, and for all just giving me um, courage daily, for um helping me get out of my um you know negative thoughts and my self-doubts and my my fears and anxieties um you're you've always been that person that i can bounce Um, my ideas off and you've always got a word of encouragement for me. So I'm eternally grateful, Ezra. Thank you so much. um, Thank you
1: so much for saying all of that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love you. You know I love you. um, Love you too. (laughs) I I will let you give yourself a little plug right now. So um, where can people connect with you and and follow your work?
1: Sure thing. So my website is just ezramay.com very simple Simple. um it is a work in progress but you can find pretty much all of my socials on there I, i write some blog posts and my youtube channel is all linked um so yeah check it out
0: cool ezra may it's been a pleasure thank you